The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 123 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, who's worked in the US. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. And our topic today is family doctors working with family caregivers. Now, one of the concerns about the costs of healthcare is the cost of keeping people in hospital. And one of the responses to these cost concerns is discharging patients quickly. But discharging patients quickly transfers patients' care to community care resources, such as family doctors. And it also increases the responsibilities of family caregivers, which is why our topic for today is family caregivers working with family doctors. Now, to introduce my two guests, who are Dr. Susan Turin and Karen Pivnik. First of all, Susan completed her undergraduate degree in biochemistry at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, and then she graduated with honours as a physician from the University of Toronto Medical School. She completed her residence in family medicine at the University of Toronto and received a fellowship in emergency medicine. She's currently working as an emergency medicine physician in the greater Toronto area. And she says she enjoys teaching medical students and residents at the University of Toronto. Karen Pivnik, Karen, is a certified professional consultant on aging and a relocation specialist. She owns Top Cat Relocation Transition Solutions. She set up TopCat to meet the needs of seniors' moves and transitions because she was inspired by her own seven years of experience of transitioning her parents as they dealt with the emotional and physical challenges of aging. TopCat takes care of the details involved with planning, pre-move decisions, organizing, disposition of unwanted content, move logistics, and complete setup of the new residence. And Karen lives in Toronto, Canada, with her husband and three cats. So, welcome to the show, Susan and Karen. Thank you for having me. Good. Now, I'm going to start with Susan, please. Please tell us more about your background and your career, and whether you or your family have experience with family caregiving. Susan, please. Okay, well, um, in terms of my background, thank you for the introduction. Uh, you went over uh, quite a bit of it. Um, 
So just to summarize again, um, I've done most of my training in Toronto and currently working in a couple different emergency departments, but I've also had some experiences working in family medicine clinics as well as walking clinics and urgent care clinics. So I do have an idea um, through my training and my work experience of uh, challenges that um, family physicians face for sure. Um, as well in the emergency department, I work several shifts a week there and um, have a lot of interaction with uh, both patients and their families in situations like this. Um, in terms of my experience in uh, family caregiving, I definitely have that uh, in my family. Um, my, both of my grandparents uh, required quite a bit of uh, care from their families as their uh, husband's uh, died at an earlier age, and uh, my grandmother on one side of the family had Alzheimer's disease, and on the other side of the family um, had uh, some heart problems, including uh, congestive heart failure. Both were living away from where I grew up in uh, a small town in southwestern Ontario, my one grandmother on the east coast of Canada and the other one um, fairly up north in northern Ontario. Now, uh, my parents, uh, aunts and uncles, uh, were all involved in their care. However, as they got older over the past few years, um, they did turn to me when I was going through my training in medicine uh, to help them answer some questions. Um, and as I, when I was finished my training, I found I was even more um, able to be involved in, in their care. It was very challenging at times uh, to keep the family updated from the various specialists my relatives were seeing, as well as or my grandparents, as well as um, when they were. One of them in particular was in a nursing home, and it was often very difficult for my aunt, who was living in the community, to find to catch the doctor at the right time to find out what the plan was for her care. Right. So, Susan, I'm going to come back to you um, on that one um, in needed, a moment. Uh, um, but I want to ask Karen right now. Please tell us more about your background, your work, and your experience with family caregiving in your own family. Karen? Okay, well, thank you um, for the introduction as well. Um, yes, uh, so my um, background, my working background is um, has been like office administration, office management, and I have about 25 years of working experience at a lot of different levels, dealing with a lot of different people and situations. Um, I've worked for small to mid-sized companies um, as an office manager in, you know, sales and distribution manufacturing environments, and I also have um, quite a number of years uh, working as a senior level executive assistant in uh, one of uh, Canada's uh, financial institutions. And uh, like my primary, I have been a primary caregiver for my, both my parents. Um, I have a power of attorney for care and um, property for both. Um, my mom was uh, diagnosed as having dementia about 11 years ago, and at that time, you know, she was blind, um, and she had lost her sight, too. So, and then my father um, has Parkinson's disease and was diagnosed um, when he was 72, and um, he's now going to be, next week, uh, 91 years old, and he's, both of them are in advanced stages, um, you know, of their of the diseases that they have. And uh, so it has been quite an experience, um, you know, with the many hospital experiences and um, making sure that the right care is set up for them and, you know, 
transitioning, um, you know, I guess it was in uh, 2005, we transitioned my parents from their longtime family home um, into assisted living, a retirement home environment where they had more supportive care. And last year, um, our family went through the process of uh, transitioning them into long-term care, um, to, you know, to better suit their needs. And, you know, through these experiences, I really came to realize, you know, just how emotional and how difficult it is for people, um, you know, physically as well to deal with all of these things. And they're, you know, they're quite, they're just overwhelmed. So that's, I started my uh, company. I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to start that. And um, I'm really enjoying what I do. Thanks. Susan, back to you. You're involved with an organization called MD Care Connect. Please tell us about that. Well, MD Care Connect is uh, a service that my uh, partner, um, Dr. Jennifer Stelberg, and I created just in the past year. It's a service that helps people dealing in any capacity with the healthcare system, although we... Um, also not only deal with patients but also their family members. Um, We had different experiences with our practices that um, finding that oftentimes we're working as physicians with limited time and resources. And our goal at MD Care Connect as well is to bridge the gap between um, families having many questions, patients having many questions, maybe not being able to get the answers they want at the right time. We really try to help our clients and patients navigate the medical system that can be complicated and confusing. And our approach uh, really helps to try to improve the well-being of our, the patients and their families that we're involved with. We start with an initial consultation, meet with the patients, and try to understand their medical needs and create a plan to help optimize their experience with the healthcare system. We We'll go with uh, patients or their, and or their families to various specialist appointments or appointments with their family physicians if they need that to help ask the relevant questions at that time and then help to translate some of the discussions that are had with the specialists as they often have limited time to spend with the families. We also uh, try to make sure that they're in full control of knowing what their plan is going to be for their treatment after their appointments. And we also try to amalgamate all of their medical records together. Um, there's often fragmented care in, our, in the way our healthcare system is designed, um, seeing various specialists or other um, allied health professionals, and we try to bring it all together so the patient and the family all know what's going on. They have their complete records, and they can bring it with them to any appointments um, that they're, they might go to, or if they get go to the emergency de- department, it helps to make sure everyone understands what's going on with their care. Got so it. Now, I'm goal. just going, sorry to be my, the timekeeper again, Susan. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. going to ask Karen, same question. Please Tell us what TopCat does. Okay. Um, well, TopCat is a full-service move management company that assists um, older adults and their families with the process of, you know, downsizing and moving. And mostly the situations are from long-time family homes to new homes that better suit their current lifestyles and needs. And that usually represents a retirement home, could be in a condo or apartment or long-term care. And people come to me uh, usually for a variety of reasons, but the most common point is that they're overwhelmed. Um, they don't know where to begin. 
and they need, you know, the emotional and physical support. So we help them, um, you know, through the planning uh, stages, like where they're going to live, what they can take with them, what to do with, you know, the unwanted items, that, you know, how we're going, whether they'll be sold or donated or gifted to um, the family and friends. And we take care of the heavy lifting, um, you know, through sorting, packing, arranging move logistics, um, disposition of the unwanted items, and complete setup of their new homes to move in conditions. So this is a, you know, it's a very, very emotional time for them. They're having to uh, let go of possessions that hold a lot of memories, and uh, they um, may these. Possessions may seem very insignificant, but to you and I, but to them, it's a big deal. There's a story behind each one yes. of their items. So, um, Karen, again, I'm sorry okay, to do this, but we do have to go into the break. But you're going to get another. Both of you get more time to discuss these things. Okay. So, well, this is what I like to say: we have to pay the rent, and now's the time we have to do it. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Dr. Susan Turner and Karen Pivnik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc. Letter G at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Susan Tung and Karen Pivnik. <clears throat> our topic is family doctors working with family caregivers. Let's talk about the problems created for care in the community, that is care outside of hospitals, by the pressures on the healthcare system. Susan, you've already mentioned some of those, but please go on. Please outline for us the pressures on the healthcare system and their implications for family doctors. Susan? Okay, well, I believe there's a great deal of stress on the healthcare system at the time because of uh, people are living longer uh, lifespans and the disease burden is definitely increasing with that. People have more chronic diseases, more complex medical situations and patient management required. Unfortunately, um, with this comes the need for uh, a greater number of resources, definitely uh, the need for more specialists, and there's often a wait time for these and they're getting longer and longer. As a result, family doctors are having to care for sicker patients longer and when they see these um, patients that are more ill in their clinics, they only have so much time to answer their questions and this can be very difficult for families and their care family caregivers. There's also uh, a lack of resources in hospitals and people are being, as you mentioned earlier, expected to leave sooner sooner than, I, um, than ideally we would hope. So that puts more pressure on family physicians to take care of, again, sicker people when they maybe aren't quite ready to be back into the community or in their homes. The families have more questions and um, can experience more stress around this, so that's very difficult for the physicians as well as the families. And, um, and then the government is also putting pressure on family physicians to keep patients out of the eMERGE to begin with if they can. So they're asked to do more, um, and again, they're often not given the time they need to spend with the patients, not given enough resources in the community um, to help support that. Um, as well, uh, just funding is so limited by the government um, with the number of people requiring this. Uh, it's very difficult. The pressure on families um, is quite quite heavy. Uh, there's really hard to answer all the patients' concerns, give their prescriptions, and um, those are the family caregivers as well. Uh, again, with my company, we're trying to help uh, family doctors with this and um, arranging continuity of care for these patients, trying to help prevent these emerged visits, um, but it definitely is a struggle. Right. Karen, what are the implications of these healthcare system pressures for family caregivers? Karen? Yeah, well, um, well, the fact that, you know, the, um, that the hospital stays are, are much shorter and, and so on, and um, like Susan was saying, that people are living longer and, and they're having all these multitude of problems, the family caregivers are really relied on um, heavily. I think it's something like 80 to 90% um, of the caregiving comes through the family. And, um, you know, the caregivers are required to take on, sometimes in an emergency situation, take on uh, tasks and um, things that they have no warning, no training, and they have no experience, um, you know, in dealing with. Um, there is also the financial concern, um, you know, whether it's direct to them or, you know, indirect. Um, you know, that's another situation. Um, families are also, you know, like a caregiver, like a woman is caregiving all through her life, you know, through her children, her marriage, and then, and then um, it comes to her parents. So it's something that's ongoing. It puts a lot of stress on 
on women, and there is also the potential, you know, loss of jobs, um, you know, missed opportunity, you know, for promotion, um, time, and time spent with your own family. Um, you know, if you've ever been on the phone and um, having to deal with a crisis that's happening with your parents and your work, you have to deal with that. And I know from my own experience, if I hadn't started my company and hadn't had a little more free time, um, I would have had to take a leave of absence. I mean, it's just, um, it's quite something. And then, uh, you know, it affects people's uh, disposition. You know, they, there's people, uh, caregivers sometimes resort to drugs and um, alcohol um, use. There's a, also the potential of abuse to the person they're caring for um, because, you know, they're so frustrated and upset. And, you know, there's a lack of recognition and acknowledgement um, you know, for the work that they do. And there isn't any, really, there's not a lot of respite opportunity for a caregiver. Right. <clears throat> Susan, please summarize the most serious challenges you see arising for family caregivers as a result of all, all the pressures. What is it that you really deeply gives you concern about those challenges? Yes, well, some of those uh, most serious challenges I think Karen alluded to, but I would say with the multiple visits, the multiple physicians oftentimes that family caregivers are seeing with their uh, loved ones or other health care providers, multiple instructions they're receiving, it can just be so confusing for them, so frustrating. Um, they might feel like they're seeing a doctor and getting the, uh, a similar workup or blood test done that they already had by another um, physician or they're getting uh, conflicting opinions from people and they're not sure which way um, to do. And they all they want to do is make the best possible choices um, for their loved ones. And this fragmented care can be extremely stressful. Um, with the system being uh, so stressed in terms of financial support with the uh, healthcare system for community care access uh, programs, CCAC we call it in Ontario, occupational therapy, physiotherapy, supports at home, um, it really does give an increased burden on the fam family caregiver. And as Karen mentioned, um, missing work, uh, distress in general, and um, they may have to get other family members involved as well, and that may take away from school for people, uh, different things like that. So that can be very stressful. As I mentioned previously, um, if you do have to bring your family to the eMERGE because you're not able to get in to see your family physician or not able to get in to see your uh, specialist, then uh, the, it can be very stressful in the eMERGE, and I've seen that with um, multiple families when I'm working in there. Uh, the length of time they may have to wait to see a physician, time uh, the access they um, might not have to the specialist in the hospital, they may spend hours or even days with my family. My grandmother spent one time four or five days in a on a hospital gurney in the eMERGE, and it was very stressful for us and very hard to always be there when the doctor came around to see her. Um, I had an as I was able to speak to some of them and help my family out, but it was uh, it can be a very stressful process um, when patients have to be in the eMERGE. Oftentimes, um, another stress for the family is that when they are in and they finally get that appointment in the office, they might leave um, thinking they have everything and then they get home and they forget forgot to ask a question and unfortunately it's not very easy to get another appointment with the family physician often or not able to get the info by phone and it's very difficult 
um, oftentimes get these patients back in to see them. And, uh, yeah, so I would say all of those things together um, can affect the quality time that you have with your family members and can just increase the stress at home and with other aspects of your life. So I think that all these strains on the healthcare system um, have a big impact. And um, this is my experience so far with MD Care Connect, uh, with us going to appointments with patients and making sure all questions are asked. Um, it does let things go a little bit smoother for sure. For Susan, people. I'm just going to stop you there because, uh, again, it's the time, but also sure. because I'm going to be asking you in a bit more detail about what, what you do because you've outlined, I think, a very serious set of challenges. Now, Karen, Please summarize for us the most serious challenges you see arising for family doctors as a result of all these pressures. Karen? Uh, I think um, the doctors, the challenges the doctors are experiencing is that, you know, they're, they're, they themselves are overwhelmed, um, stressed out, overworked, and perhaps underpaid, and they may feel underappreciated um, because there's so much pressure being placed on them to in a way, be, a, you know, the main source of information or the team leader. And um, I think that there's so, also there's so much um, information that they need to keep, uh, know, like they need to be knowledgeable of, and it's very difficult to keep up with all of that. Um, and because they have to see so many patients um you know, on a daily basis, they don't get to spend the quality time um, with with their patients um, and get to know them really well to understand, you know, what it is that they really need, even though they may not be verbalizing, um, you know, what um, what is going, you know, going on with that person. And there's also, um, you know, the pressure of of uh, being more knowledgeable of all the the many illnesses that are coming to the table. Well, this what you've been describing to us, both of you, um, really indicates that some fundamental changes are needed. And I'm going to be asking you both um, in the next segment about the kind of solutions you see. But I'm also going to say to you now that <clears throat> there's something called double duty fam family caregiving or double duty caregiving and that is where people like you both of you are professionals so to speak on the first shift of the day and then you are family caregivers on the remainder of the day and as you've both been saying you know that gets spread out among the family and creates all the kind of stresses and strains to the point that family caregivers and too often the families simply become exhausted psychologically, physically, and indeed financially. Um, now, that's the picture you've been painting. And all I can say to you right now, that is exactly what I hear over and over again on this show when family caregivers are talking about what they go through on a day-by-day day day basis. And I'm going to make at the end a comment about uh, your frankness on these things because I think it's very refreshing. So uh, it is now time for us to take the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guests are Dr. Susan Tun and Karen Pivnik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. 
stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. You've got your family and you need to keep talking and you need to keep understanding and look into yourself, who you are, what kind of person you want to be. What would be the one most simple advice you would give to a healing agoraphobic? I don't know if it's a panic attack or whatever it is. It's happening very frequently. I don't have to be in any place where there's no air. It can happen even on the road. People get over things. You can't look back. You've got to look forward and learn something from your past. Join Dr. Raymond Hamden in the Psychologist's Chair every Tuesday at 9 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. If you are looking for both an inside and insightful look at what you're not seeing in media coverage of today's legal, business, and policy battles, Tune in to In the Court of Public Opinion with host Jim Haggerty. What happens in the public arena affects us all. Whether you're following the latest high-profile court case, corporate crisis, or are just interested in government and policy, be sure to tune in every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The witnesses are ready and the jury seated. So join us for our next session in the Court of Public Opinion. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com That's doc, letter G, at m-y-m-o-n-a-m-i dot com now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. I'm Dr. Susan Turner and Karen Pivnik. Our topic is family doctors working with family caregivers. Now, let's talk about the types of solutions that family doctors can bring to family caregivers given all the pressures and challenges that you both have been talking about. So let me start with Karen. Karen, family caregivers provide care for family members who are seniors, as in your case, siblings and children. Please tell us what you see to be the differences or the kind of caregiving differences in regard to the help that family caregivers need from family doctors. Okay. Um well, the family caregiving, uh, family caregiving is a voluntary um, position. It's unpaid, and um, as we've been talking about, you know, family caregivers are juggling work, family, and looking after their loved one. Um, you know, some caregivers, um, family caregivers, may provide, you know, like a week, like a weekly visit to help, um, you know, with shopping or escorting their loved one to an appointment. Um, and some are companions. Others provide around-the-clock administration, you know, of medicine, taking care of wounds, you know, assisting with the daily living um, necessities like feeding and dressing and bathing. And they arrange schedules. They manage insurance um, and provide transportation or arrange transportation. They have to look after legal matters. Um, they become financial managers and housekeepers. And um, they often take over the duties of their loved one. You know, the father has always managed the house and finances. The the caregiver has to step in and take over that. And they have a huge um, influence on, you know, whether um, the person being cared for has a negative, 
like in, they are, they're, uh, po- whether they remain positive and negative as through what they're going through. And um, they're often um, the main source of helping to encourage people to, um, to recover, say, from cancer, so making sure that they stick with their, you know, their treatments and their healthy, um, their living. Whereas, you know, when you're going to the doctor, the doctor is giving more of a clinical um, approach on how to deal with things. Right. Susan, what are the challenges that family doctors meet in helping family caregivers? You know, in the case of family members who are seniors, siblings, and children, <clears throat> excuse me, and how will family caregivers meet these challenges? Now, you've already mentioned a few of them, so it's, it's the question now of how family doctors are going to respond to this increasing challenge for them. Susan? Yes, well, I think for uh, family physicians, uh, to start out with, somehow we need to be able to give them more time to spend with the patients. Now, this goes back to um, family physicians having more funding and more supports uh, to help them with this. We have something in Ontario called Family Health Teams now, which are popping up here and there over the province, and I think that's a key thing that needs to happen. A family health team has both family physicians, social workers, uh, dietitians, physiotherapists, pharmacists, etc., all working together in one clinic. And I did some of my training in that um, type of environment, and I found it hugely helpful, especially for some of my uh, more elderly patients who have very complex health problems. And um, it gives a family doctor, they had their time to have a 15-minute appointment or so with the patient, but they didn't have to spend um, half of that time going over new medications. We could just send the patient down the hall to the pharmacist to discuss everything. They, we, they didn't have to have go through, um, spend half the appointment just talking about um, the home care services that they had. They would send them down to the hall to the social worker. It was all under one roof. And I found um, that people felt that that kind of care and that kind of interaction with different people when the family caregivers were present was very, very helpful for them. The only problem here right now is that um, it's only available if in fragmented areas around the city where I am here in Toronto as well as in the province. So I think that um, that's a big challenge for family doctors who aren't in these family health teams, and I think that's something that needs to change. Um, and then as well as that, um, giving basically more support um, financially and with uh, more uh, just time in the clinics to allow for family doctors to have, even for certain patients who are of certain age or certain complex uh, disease issues, um, for family doctors to be able to have a longer appointment time with them. If the family caregiver gets them into the clinic, it's um, really unfortunate when, you know, it takes even just five minutes of the time for the patient to get into the room, get up on uh, the examining table and sit down in there. Half the visit can be gone by that point in time. So um, so I think that restructuring things in that way will uh, make a big difference. That's it. Right. Karen, what do you think are the most important solutions for family caregivers' challenges that you think that family doctors can provide? Um, I think that and not, uh, I know they're overworked and uh, trying to keep up with everything that they're doing anyhow um, in their regular day-to-day uh, work, but I really think it would be great if they could play um, more of a leadership role um, for families, um, 
they know these families um, for a long time, like the patients and their families, for a very long time. And so they're in a position um, of trust. They can take, maybe they could take on a more active role of to advocate and, um, and participate in more improved instructions um, for family caregiving because I'm, somebody that ends up being a caregiver doesn't, they don't know where to turn to. They don't know um, how to look after, uh, look after someone within their means. And um, I think that they need to have uh, more uh, resources available, what's available out in the community, where they can turn to for, you know, funding and um, what different groups, like uh, special groups, um, say if you have someone in your family has MS, like, you know, where to turn to, um, you know, to know what the resources are that are available and help, um, they can help with training and uh, for, like, care, like how to care for somebody and how to administer medical or medications and also, you know, how to navigate the system, like how, you know, the things that Susan's um, company does. It's just, it's overwhelming. You go to the hospital, you're released from, um, um, you know, the hospital or out of emergency and you're on your own and it's you're supposed to do this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, where do I start? So, and also... Um, being supportive of the caregivers themselves um, because as time goes on with all the stress and all the emotions and everything else that's going on, um, the caregivers start to break down. So I think it's um, important that the doctors are there for them as well. Susan, what are the most important solutions for family caregivers' challenges that you think family doctors can provide? And if you'd like to weave into that answer what um, your, your family doctor company, MD Connect, does, that also would be very interesting. Susan, please. Okay. Um, well, similar to what Karen was saying and, and what my company strives to do is uh, one part of it is to make people aware of all the community resources available that they can have um, to support their family member as well as support themselves. Um, this can definitely decrease uh, stress on the family caregivers. Thinking of things such as um, the, the Cancer Society and different programs they have, the um, the, the National Institute for the Blind, uh, different CCAC services that the families might not be aware that they could be eligible for, even having somebody come in to give their loved one uh, some personal hygiene care on like a once or twice week, weekly basis can make a big difference. Um, in terms of my family, my father tried to set all of that up for my grandmother in northern Ontario and had a really difficult time trying to piecemeal it all together on his own um, when he flew up there to see her for like one week at a time. Um, and at the time, it was a little frustrating. I know when he was trying to communicate with her family physician, who did as much as she could at the time, but uh, he ended up having to kind of make all the calls himself to various Meals on Wheels, different agencies, and, and that was very difficult. And um, I think it's it would be great if family physicians could have a package almost ready ahead of time for their patients who are in these situations with family caregivers. It's just so common now that it would be easy to put something together where um, they'd have uh, not only stuff ready to have discussions on power of attorney, um, 
on the patient's wishes should they get more ill and who's going to make decisions about how aggressive to have a uh, treatment done, Um, like the do not resuscitate forms that we have just to already have a discussion about like what needs to be filled out, Um, have something in this package about home care, something in this package about um, nursing resources, something in this package about um, caregiver stresses, Uh, like the Alzheimer's Society, I know for one in uh, Toronto has great resources for caregiver burnout. Um, and it's just important. The biggest thing is to make people aware of this, and that is what we do at MD Care Connect. We have files upon files of uh, things ready to give to our uh, the patients and their families, so they don't um, so they become aware right away. And that's uh, that's our goal. Um, I think it's important for family physicians to help lobby uh, for increased government funding for these sorts of supports um, for patients both at home and in, within the healthcare system. Um, we need to help. Uh, uh, they need to lobby to improve um, packages on discharge planning so family caregivers aren't uh, faced with so much stress when patients are discharged home. Uh, we need more time for family physicians to have family meetings with maybe not even just a family, one family caregiver, but get a number of people involved and they can help counsel them on how to take care of themselves, the patients, and each other and support. And more support for family physicians to make home visits. That takes a lot more time um, for family physicians to do, but it is so much benefit, I think, for the family caregiver to actually have the physician get into their home and see what the real situation right. is like. Right. So it doesn't have to stop you there, but these these are very powerful things that you've both been saying. Now, again, it is time for us to take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Dr. Susan Turin and Karen Pivnik. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, 
at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Susan Turner and Karen Pivnik. Our topic is family doctors working with family caregivers. So now let's talk about the things that you both would like to see done to promote family doctor services for family caregivers. And once again, I invite you to talk about what your two organizations, MD Connect and Top Top Cat are doing, Top Cat is doing, because those are part of, I think, the solutions that are coming forward. So, Karen, first of all, what would you like to see done to promote family doctor services for family caregivers? Okay. Um, I, I really would like to see more connections, um, like resource connections. Um, like the doctors are connected more with the communities, and I think you know, as Susan is explaining, I think these things are happening, starting to happen, things that I'm certainly not aware of. But um, being connected with with the community and knowing that the community knows that about the doctors and services like mine, like I, I deal with clients on one level that I come in and um, I need to be connected to people like, Susan's uh, company and uh, to doctors and um, the different resources within the community to so that when I come in with a, uh, come across a client and there's all various problems that I know that I can refer them to somebody that's going to be able to take care of them properly and you know say that this you know these people can help you whether it's you know physiotherapy or whatever. Um, there's just uh, just having that better, like a stronger network and um, developed amongst people that are involved with uh, with caregiving and taking care of uh, people. Right. Susan, what more would you like to see done to promote family doctor services for family caregivers? Well, uh, I mean, several of the things I've discussed are, are definitely the things that I want um that I really am hopeful that will help uh, family doctors support family caregivers in the best possible way. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged by a recent report by uh, Don Drummond. He's an economist in Ontario. It's very hopeful for the future of uh, family doctors being able to be more involved um, and uh, being able to give the support needed to family caregivers. Uh, the government recently released this action plan for health care with the Drummond Report, and they're, they're looking forward to make, uh, they're looking to hopefully make significant changes in the delivery of health care in our province. They want um, family physicians specifically to be more available to their patients, to um, decrease, if possible, sending patients to the emergency rooms, providing longer after-hours care, which will help for families. Um, they, it is stressful for family doctors to have to decrease or to uh, take care of more complex patients, but they're looking uh, forward to that as well. And I think these ideas are great in theory, but they are difficult for family physicians to put into practice at times, um, knowing that... Uh, 
uh, companies like Karen's are available, um, knowing that companies like ours are available, is uh, hopeful because um, we can try to focus on working with these families, working with specialists, ensuring that um, the family know the resources that are available, help patients get the appropriate care and keep them out of the eMERGE, help these uh, factors that uh, the government is trying to um, promote in the province. Um, the government is trying to work to improve the situation with family physicians, and, and that will help to improve uh, family caregiver support, but, um, but there still are some problems. And uh, if all of these things can be answered, then with this, uh, these new plans that the Drummond Report outlines, we're very hopeful, but um, I, think, uh, I think it is going to take some time. So hopefully uh, the government will look at increasing the number of family physicians so they can spend more time with caregivers and their patients. Maybe they'll even have to start at the medical school level again or allowing doctors from out of country to help as well. But there do have to be changes. I think we're looking in the right direction, um, but there is a lot to be done still. Right. Now, Karen, what's your message for family doctors? And I just want to quickly explain what lies behind this question. Pretend that you're a politician standing for election. You, you, you broadly agree with what Susan just said as a, as a piece of policy, piece of your platform. So what is your message to me and the audience that would cause us to elect you? What's your message for family doctors? Uh, on that basis that you're a politician. Karen? Well, I think the family doctors, um, even though they're overworked and they've got so much on their plate and so on, I think that they need to know that they that families go to them um, because they need help. It's not just their physical help, what's going on with that. They need to be aware and and, and then of that person and they need to act on behalf of that family when they can and I think they need to really they need somebody if they can't do it themselves they need to have someone liaise with the appropriate re residences or representatives so that they can um, take care of their patients in a, in a whole way um, so and that might require hiring someone I'm not really sure but they Family caregivers really um, need that support from the from their family uh, doctors as a center, to, a central place to go. Right, Susan. Same thing. What's your message? There you are on the platform, holding forth as a politician, saying, "Elect me." What is your message for family caregivers, please, Susan? My message to family caregivers would be we are trying to make the changes to support you and uh, just continue to do what you do. You really are an integral member of our team when we're trying to help uh, your family members with their issues. If it wasn't for you, um, there would be so many more gaps in the system. We definitely need family caregivers to be able to communicate with them. They're just so key at all these visits. They're they really are part of the team. Um, we want to thank people like Karen and just hearing her um, stories about her parents. It just is a, It just sounds um, like she's just been amazingly supportive and involved in their care, and um, she's a prime example of how much of a help she is to allowing family physicians to do, do their job to the best that they can. Um, we're hopeful with our company, MD Care Connect, that we can also um, continue to 
give uh, patients the best quality, the best experience they can possibly have in the healthcare system. We see family caregivers often uh, just stretched to the limit, and we want to give the message to them as well that they need to find support for themselves. They need to get a break here and there. They need to prevent caregiver burnout and use the resources available to them and use a company like us to help them navigate the system and understand the resources out there so they don't burn out. Uh, we, uh, we just want them to know that we really do appreciate and admire what they do. Um, thank you both for those two messages. I would certainly vote for you, and I'll encourage our listeners to do the same thing because I'm now being serious. What you're saying, both of you, is that family caregiving matters, and it matters for a whole range of reasons. The questions of loyalty in families, the questions of ethics, the questions of responsibilities, but also it matters to the healthcare system because... Family caregiving saves the healthcare system a lot of money. Um, the estimates are enormous. And so in supporting them is not just the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do financially to help the healthcare system manage the funds that it does have to keep doing the things that we all rely on it to do. So those are the messages I give to you. I also give you another message to both of you. You've had the courage, both of you, to set up companies to do what you think provide is necessary, to do the things that provide the services that you think are necessary. And on behalf of all of us, I wish you every success in what you're doing because the time has come when people like you and family caregivers need to turn around, look at what's happening and then step in and do things perhaps that wouldn't have been thought of being done by people like you 20 or 30 years ago. So good luck to you both in everything. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. I want to say a special thank you to Susan and Karen for sharing with us your own experience, your own insights, and your own advice, but also sharing with us what you think needs to be done. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk about electronic health records and Aboriginal peoples. So please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.